I just wish Activision tried to protect its employees as much as it tries to protect Call of Duty. Um, All right, we're, 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 we're moving on from that. You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. And welcome to Trophy Horrors. This is amazingly episode 501. I'm your host, Tricky Mick, alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend. It's Alex. Still riding that episode 500 high, baby. Yeah! He brings the awesome. It's I Yield to No One. Unlike Tricky, I have quality platinums this week. Are you saying that uh, my trophies are, my platinums aren't quality? Yes, that's exactly what you I'm. You got to platinum in fifteen minutes, Tricky. I think he's he's calling you out for what you deserve. I got a trophy a day, sir. A platinum trophy a day. Which, 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 like I said in the community earlier, you are by the letter being a trophy, a whore. trophy whore. Which, which I cannot knock you for. But the spamming that you're doing is making me sick. It's got to give you a real hollow feeling, Tricky, to earn all those 15-minute Platinums. Not really. It's a very satisfying feeling, I gotta say. I I don't know how that's possible. It's like eating cardboard instead of a steak. Okay. Uh, You like eating the cardboard? I gotta be honest, gentlemen. Like we've we've done five hundred episodes of the show, and yeah, like I, I I'm frankly you know upset with you guys that you constantly call me out after five hundred episodes. You guys know what kind of trophy whore I am. I like to call myself the trophy pimp, and you know it, it's a little disconcerting that I constantly get called out by my two co-hosts for doing what I do. Well, it's not gonna stop. That, that that that's because we are more of the like I, like I said way back when we are more of the honorable horse where you're just a straight up whore. No, see, here's the thing, Tricky, and, and this is what I, I don't understand why you do what you do. I understand that you want to get as many platinums as possible because Sony has invented the system, and it's like, oh, I got to pump up them numbers, you know, especially when there's a competition between you and somebody else, or just you know, even on like PlayStation profiles, they show your rank within the world or even the U.S. Uh, when it comes to your your trophy count. So I get it. But just like, we used to play games because we had fun. Like, there's no possible way that you sitting there with those guys playing those games just to get crappy Platinums. Just a rat spam is, is fun anymore. Like, I when you, you could say it, but I don't believe it. Okay, there are some games that are not fun. Uh, by the way, my country rank is 635, and I'm like 3,210 3, in the world in trophies, so just you know, put, putting that out there. Uh, no, there are there are some trophies uh, and some games that uh, are legit, you know, just I'm doing this just to pass somebody. Uh, but there are some quality games out there. I mean, I, you know, the term Rat Plats gets thrown around a lot, and yeah, there are a lot of games uh, made by Radalika 
that are straight garbage. And it's just a five minute or ten minute platinum. But there are some quality games that come out of there. I mean, I, I know we talked about it in the past, but stuff like Devious Dungeon, Daggerhood, uh, those are good quality games. Now, granted, the most of the Rattleika games that you guys see and you know hear about, they are straight mobile ports that are brought over to the PlayStation and to the Xbox. But there are some quality games. And I dare anybody to try to convince me that a game like Daggerhood or a game like Devious Dungeons is not played better on a PlayStation. So, I, I guess also, like, when I when I see, you know, like, CJ and the number of Platinum CJ has, or the number of Platinums you have, and the number of Platinums Daryl has, like, anybody who has a high amount of Platinums, and then I look at my list, and I can go through all the games I've played and see all the Platinum trophies and all the trophies I've gotten, and I'd be like, okay, yes, I remember this, like, this has some meaning to me. Doesn't earning trophies lose part of its appeal or part of its specialness, I'll say, when you have 9,000 platinum trophies and you look back over and you don't remember playing a fucking game? Like, when your collection becomes so big, doesn't it become not as special? No. Not at all. Because it's, it's, part, of the, it's part of the journey. Like, today I got the platinum in the EU version of Loot Hero DX. Granted, it is a very, very simplified mobile game where you just basically run the left and right, and uh, it, you could die, and then but you're constantly progressing. Like you could, you're always gonna get stronger because you're gonna gain coins. You're gonna, you know, make your speed better or your critical hits better, your defense better. Whatever the case, there's no real like penalty for dying. So, yes, it's a simplified mobile game that was uh, ported over to PlayStation. And I, I'm looking on PlayStation profiles or, or PSN profiles right now, and I got the platinum in 13 minutes and 24 seconds. But for that 13 minutes and 24 seconds, I was legit playing a game that was fun, and I could keep going. The the problem with the rat games and stuff like Loot Hero DX, I think they make it too easy to get the platinum. So a lot of people like yourself and Yield turn around and say, "Oh, that's a cheap platinum." There's so much more I could do in Loot Hero. There's so much more I can do in a game like Daggerhood. But it's so simple to get the Platinum that most times, like now when I'm Platinum hunting, I just go get the Platinum and move on. But I will legit go back to Loot Hero. I expect you to... Hey, the Ranger scored! I, I was expecting you to yell a goal. That's why I stopped. Um, I will legit go back and actually play the game um, I've beaten the game, so I've gotten, you know, whatever points I need to get points. But I will go back and play that game because it's one of those. I I hate to say mindless because that sounds like a derogatory term for the game. But it's such a mindless game that I could sit there, watch the Rangers game or watch wrestling and play this and progress. So and that's why I enjoy those type of games. I don't necessarily think it's mindless as a I mean, yes, sometimes it can be kind of meant derogatorily, but. To me, Animal Crossing is kind of a mindless game. I enjoy playing Animal Crossing, but the reason that I... Part of the reason that I I enjoy playing Animal Crossing is because I'm very relaxed when I'm playing Animal Crossing. You know, I'm not like I'm... It's not like I'm fighting some super hard boss or like going through some creepy level and little nightmares. I'm not on edge. I'm just, you know, I can just play the game while, like you said, have Dexter on in the background or like watch episodes of you on Netflix or, you know have on some wrestling pay-per-view and kind of pay attention, but not really pay attention. So I don't think mindless is necessary. Like if, if in mindless in the sense of like, this is mindless tedium, 
And like, I don't fun. have to really pay attention to it, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, the level that you pay attention to. So mine necessarily isn't, you know, a bad thing, because like I said, Animal Crossing's a really fun game. I enjoy playing Animal Crossing, but Animal Crossing's, you know, kind of mindless. Alright, uh, let's move on, gentlemen. Uh, unless you guys want to talk about how your week has been since episode 500. Long. <laughs> you too, huh? Alright, yeah. Uh, well, it just because it's so dead at work. Well, I wish it was dead at work, but I haven't had a day off since episode 500. So I kind of like threw this agenda and everything together today, which, you know, is no different from any other week. You know, I put just put, throwing and should take a agenda together like New Yorkers are throwing trash out their windows. Oh, here we go. Uh, you didn't deny be- when I sent you pictures, memes of uh, like a New York street corner full of trash. And you're like, no, nah, you're not wrong. Well, see, and and. That's the bad thing. It's like you sent that picture, and what you and everybody else in that text chat see is like trash piling up. That's not necessarily the story. I'm not gonna say that's not what the picture was, but what you showed was a bag stop. What we would refer to in the business, in the business, uh, as a bag stop, where you go to an apartment complex and there's, you know, fifty to seventy five bags of garbage thrown outside. They they don't have a. They don't have a dumpster. They just throw their bags out. Right. That just seems like an awful way to do things because that's just going to lend itself to trash going everywhere. Well, that the the problem is, is what you showed was generally, you know, uh, I, I, I don't remember the picture off the top of my head, but let's just say there was 50 to 75 bags of garbage out there. Uh, we call that a bag stop where you just back the truck up and you, throw, you, you spend five, ten minutes excuse me, throwing the bags in. More commonly, what we get in New York City is what we call a sausage bag, which is literally uh, all, you know, everybody throws their trash down in a garbage chute and it gets compacted into one big bag that literally takes two people to pick up because one of those bags caught, it weighs about anywhere from 150 to 200 pounds. And that's generally what we get. But you get apartment complexes that, you know, you get 50 residents and just let's say they average one bag of garbage a week, you know. That's what you're gonna get. So, while it looked bad, that's pretty much the standard of you know everybody just put out the trash all at one time and just piled up. But it's only on the street for like I'd say a couple hours. That's a couple hours too many. I see. I see people in my neighborhood with like just trash bags on the ground. And granted, some of these neighbors have let their trash cans fall over and trash spill into the street, which fucking pisses me off. Uh, but I'm like, my God, like, you know what? Maybe there's some times when you have more trash than your, your can can handle, but I don't know, just seeing trash bags just sitting on the ground. I don't know. It doesn't sit well with me. The the biggest problem with that, and the, uh, this is definitely a negative thing, is that when you do put that many bags out at that many time and it becomes a routine, that's generally why the reason why New York City has a problem with rats. Because they know when to get their food and when not. Well, if it's Master Splinter, then that's fine, but all the other rats, you know, rats make good pets, they're very friendly, they're very smart, good pets for kids, but, you know, rats in New York City, uh, just munching on the, the garbage, that's a different category. Uh, like a plague. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if you saw, there was a video a couple years ago where there was a rat dragging a piece of pizza down the steps of the subway, and everybody said that was Splinter bringing it to the, his kids. No, no. No, no. No. I'll find the video and I'll send it to you. Uh, anyway, let's do an update trophy count. I am level 663. 
Total trophies of 15,907. With 344 Platinums, I gained 7 over the last week. Alex. Yes, sir. You left the agenda so you don't know your trophy count, do you? Why does that not surprise me? You are level 451, total trophies of 7,695 with 118 Platinums. Yield? Whoa! You take Whoa. that, you turn that dial back, sir. Yield your 118 Platinums in 117 games. Well, you don't read your count, you don't get to that distinction. I'm going to edit that out of the show. Yield? You're not editing this week, I am. That's too much work. Yeah, he's editing this week. Right, and after he gives me the show, I'm going to go in and edit that part out. No, you won't. It's too much work. You will too. Right. You you will be way too busy, um, rat spat, rat plotting some shitty games in order to go back and re-edit stuff that I do. No, because I'm only going to give us 15 minutes to get my next platinum. That's like the average for your last four platinums. Like that's the time. 15 minutes. I, you know what? I, I, I PSN profile is up, but I'll tell you exactly how long it took me to get each platinum. Uh yield your trophies. Level four sixty one. Trophy count of 7,952. The platinum count of 141. I got two this week. And what were your Which is still more quality than Tricky's seven. What were your two? Uh, Far Cry 4 and Monkey Hero or Monkey King Hero is back. I don't think I've ever heard of the second one. I found it on a PlayStation sale like a month or two ago. All right, so uh, let's just go. Oh wait, no, no, no! Oh, I almost, I almost committed the sin. Sid is level five hundred twenty-two with ten thousand six hundred and seventy-three with one hundred eighty-four platinums. And if you are not a member of the Facebook group, uh, we have some news. Uh, after episode five hundred and the feedback that Sid got, and after a conversation with him, Sid has agreed to come back and do a weekly Sophie's trophy. So. Uh, Sid is asking for people to help him come up with ideas because one of the problems of him stopping the last time, uh, other than being burnt out and, you know, getting plat- having to maintain, is the fact that he was running out of ideas of which games to cover. So I sat down with him and explained to him that, hey, you know, just you don't have to play the game in order to talk about the trophies. You can just go over, you know, a trophy list and, you know, explain to people how to get it and see if you can come up with some tips and tricks. Uh, the first week, uh, Homer suggested Axiom Verge, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but Levi put in the Facebook group today that he uh, he was having some audio you mean, problems. You mean Sid. What did I say? Homer? Levi. We, yeah, we should probably address the fact that Levi is not here, despite the fact that he was promised to be on this show. Uh, well, you know, no, it's no great loss that Levi's not here. You don't invite people on your show and then diss them when they're not here. Well, I'm going to diss... I'm going to diss him because he's making me play a shitty-ass game, but we won't go into Oh, that. he's still going to complain about this. Uh, instead of, may I suggest, instead of, like, doing an entire game, like, focus on one, you could focus on one game, if he's playing it. Right. He could focus on one game over the course of, let's say, a month or two months, depending on the size of the trophy list, and then talk about a couple of trophies an episode. That that way, if he wants to play it and be like, hey, I've played this, and I found out that these trophies were easy to get this way, he could do that as well. Right. Not to have to cover an entire game in one episode. Yeah, I mean, I, Sid is, you know, he has 
uh, our permission to go full reign of how to do the segment anyway. Uh, but he is looking for suggestions for games and whatnot. So yeah, anything uh, we could you could pass a message on to Sid. Either send it to us, put it in the Facebook group, put it in the Discord, uh, put it wherever you know we can get, and we'll get it to Sid if he can't see it himself. And uh, yeah, but Sophie Sophie's is coming back. Unfortunately, uh, he was supposed to come back this week, but uh, he has some audio issues, so it's going to be delayed a week. Uh, but yeah, so that's the uh, the story. And as Alex alluded to, Levi was supposed to be on this episode, but I'm assuming he forgot because he's not responding to any messages. So uh, we hopefully will get the Be Legit uh, update. Uh, probably going to have to wait. Maybe wait two weeks and we'll just get the final update in December as we lead into the next month. Uh, this way we don't have to have him on the show twice in a row. Uh, so. It's too much Levi. I think the fans are crying for Levi. They're like, Levi, Levi, Levi. Uh, I, I don't get that vibe at all. They're certainly not chanting rat spam, rat spam, rat spam. Uh, I, yeah. All right. So, uh, yield, uh, did we go into what you played? I know it's leading into it. I don't know if I actually ever asked No, you. no. Yield, no, what have you no, been playing, no, sir? Haven't. So, hold on here. Let me pull it up here. So, I've been playing uh, a little bit of... I popped in f- for a couple of minutes last night. Baja Edge of Control. I'm thinking I'm going to have to find a physical copy of it to try to get the Platinum because it's it's Bork to Kingdom Come and you can't... You can't not... When you buy a game off the store, PSN... You it comes with all the updates, so you cannot not update it. And it's and like from uh, what I found out- in the case of Kena Bridge of Spirits, where people were able to get the platinum trophy in that very easily within the first week, and then they patched it. And then if anybody wants the platinum now, you're actually gonna have to go through master difficulty instead of uh, just uh, reverting to an old up, uh, um, firmware number because when an update, you know, when a game comes out or when. It, Every game in the store has the updated version of that game, and you can't separate. Yes, it. yes, yes. If you buy it digitally, so and from what I found out online is if you have the disc version and don't update it, you, can still do you it. know the plat the platinum's easier to obtain. So I'm like, well, I got the game for like a couple bucks, five bucks at the most. I'll see if I can find me, uh, you know, a used copy or whatever, and see if I can get the platinum that way. Uh, I got bad news. And for just you. what? Uh. The- the physical edition, I don't believe, is out. Yeah, it is. Is it? Yeah, I've already checked. It's been out, man. Okay. Not for Kenya, but for Baja. I'm not talking Kenya. Oh, I was talking about Kenya. Sorry. No, see. No, wait, see. wait. When, uh, does, the, when what... does the physical edition of Kenya come out? I'm looking it up right now. Uh, it must be by Christmas, because I've seen ads for it. Uh... All right, let's go to GameStop and see what the release date is. No, we don't support GameStop. No, I'm just... I do. Okay, I'm just looking for the release date. The release date... So, I've played some Rocket League. I've played some World of Warship Legends. Played some Far Cry 4. I've played some Monkey King Hero is Back. My Platinums were Far Cry 4 and Monkey King Hero is Back. And... I think that's it for the month. I'm trying to see if I'm going to dive into something else, try to get another point for being legit before the end of February. I don't know. The end of February? With, or the end of November, sorry. <laughs> with um, 
with Thanksgiving being next week and then getting up my Christmas stuff, I don't know if I'll really get another game finished by then. You gotta catch up to Homer, because Homer has uh, already got all his stuff up. Yeah, he put his stuff up early. I wait to after Thanksgiving, at least. Physical edition came out Friday, so we're, this is Sunday, so we're came out two days ago. It's already out, yeah. But uh, I'm sure it has all the patches and everything. You think they preloaded all the patches on that game? Disc version, no. Well, considering they patched it the, the first week it was out digitally. But but you think they they well Ab- absolutely well no I don't think so I guess we'll find out because I'm sure somebody online has thought about this and it's like well I'm just gonna wait to get the platinum when the retail version comes out hey if it works I'm down with that well yeah that's how I got the platinum for Brutal Legend was didn't update update it because when you update it it borked it all right Alex so me. I played some Rocket League, got together with Riley, uh, the Brain76, um, Homer, and um, also Gareth on Thursday for Rocket League Thursdays. Tricky and Nitro are also there in the chat. Uh, and the the new season for Rocket League started last Wednesday, and it seems really cool. It's outer space themed, and they've got a lot of really cool things, including the new goal score, which is really, really cool. So I'm excited to, to delve into more Rocket League and earn some of those really awesome rewards in the Rocket Pass this season. Finished off a little nightmares DLC, the the final DLC, the residents got all the trophies in that, so it's a hundred percent there for me in another game. Also got um hundred percent of trophies now in Maneater because uh, Ryo in our group chat, uh, Riley last Thursday, I think it was last Thursday, put in that uh, they had released another patch for Maneater and it solved the issue with the trophies. So if you had completed the Maneater DLC, the Truth Quest, and couldn't get some of the trophies to unlock. Well, now you should be able to download the update, and once it installs, load up your game, and the trophies should pop um, almost right away. If you do have any more trouble with the trophies, you can probably just go... There's a point between... Um, oh, I can't remember... Cl- uh, Plover Island, and that leads you to Port Clovis, like the, the rest of the main city. So it leads you from the main game to the DLC island. Uh, if you go to that point, and you should be able to earn, you know, whatever trophies. So if the trophies don't pop right away, just go to that little point between Clover Island and Port Clovis and uh, and kind of time travel, or not time travel, but travel between the two. It should unlock all your trophies that you need. So they actually fixed that, so I kind of, I'm not going to walk back what I said earlier, but I will at least now consider buying more things that Tripwire puts out. They're off my shit list because they, uh, they fixed all the issues, or, you know, most of the big issues with their DLC. Still don't think the DLC was particularly all that, fun, especially since they focused on a lot of things like my shark being out of fucking water and in being in time trials. That shit's not very fun. But uh I will re I will reconsider my stance on to- on Tripwire Interactive and since they uh they fix their fuck ups, I will most likely buy or you know, if it interests me, I will buy a game of theirs in the future or uh, maybe future Maneater DLC if it's not completely bored like this one was. Uh, so for anyone who has Maneater who has played the DLC, the Truth Quest there is that opportunity now to get those trophies if you're missing. So thank you, Tripwire, for continuing to try to make sure that we are rewarded for our efforts and you are trying to, con- you know, continue to try to fix any issues that were within, within Main Eater. We do appreciate that. Uh, lastly, I got in, I started playing a new game last night, another PSN Now gym. One of the uh, 
a PlayStation, uh, an original PlayStation classic that I have never played. Uh, and I was like, I saw it on the PlayStation Atlas, and it's like, I want to play that. And that's Medieval. I had never previously played Medieval, and I saw it on there. It's like, what the hell? Let's give it a go. This, of course, is the PlayStation version of, uh, I guess we would call it a remaster, of the original PS1 game. And Didn't we get that for free? Huh? Didn't we get that for free? No. I I have it, and I didn't pay for it. Okay, well, I'm, I didn't pay for it either, because, like I said, Dupes got me the, the PlayStation Now subscription, and uh, I was able to download it for free from PlayStation Now, so... And if you've never used PlayStation Now, you can either stream it to your computer from their servers, or you can download the game directly to your console, which I'm assuming helps with, with speeds and whatnot, or with uh, performance, but... Uh, yeah, I just download. I mean, I download for free, Tricky, and my subscription was given to me by somebody else, so I didn't pay for it still. Anyway, how do you like it? It is very obvious that this is a PlayStation 1 game, and, I mean, granted, yes, like, it's a remaster of a PlayStation 1 game, of course it's still gonna play the same way, and kind of, your progression's gonna be the same way, but, um, I mean, I am enjoying it, I do like it, I like the, uh, the proper spookiness of it, I, apparently I can't get away from my, uh, penchant for Halloween, all things October-ish, because, you know, after I beat Alan Wake, I went to Little Nightmares, and now I'm playing Medieval, but, I'm I'm glad that I'm getting to play a PlayStation Classic game that I had never tried before, and likely without PlayStation Now, would never have tried it. So PlayStation Now has brought good things, despite the fact that I, you know, for me, as someone who's played a lot of the big PlayStation titles, don't see as much value in Now as other people might. Uh, but no, Medieval, I'm glad I've gotten to play it. I'm, I'm glad that I had the opportunity to do PlayStation Now. And yeah, I just love the atmosphere of it, the theme of it. You know, the levels are pretty straightforward. They're not... There is a little bit of exploration, but it's just kind of like you can like like in that alone and just the simplicity of the boss fights. You can you can tell this is a much older game, but there's still a lot of charm to it. Maybe maybe it's just me and how much I love, you know, like ghosts and well, not the game necessarily this game series by Capcom, but ghost ghouls, goblins, you know, vampires, all that kind of stuff. Mad Monster Mansion in Banjo-Kazooie is my favorite world out of all those, so, like, there is precedent for me liking things set with, like, a horror tinge or a Halloween tinge to them, so I am enjoying Medieval, despite the fact that it is obvious that it's, you know, a little outdated when it comes to its gameplay, and when it's, it's far more simplistic and very, um, linear when it comes to the gameplay, but I'm still enjoying it, you know, simplistic combat, whatever, but I just think that the opportunity to experience the game and, you know, play for the first time is, is you know, carrying a lot of that weight. Like, it, it, can, it will, even if I find certain sections kind of boring, like the theme and then just being able to finally play the game and say that I've experienced it will carry me through and, you know, will lift me out of, you know, any kind of malaise I have when it comes to the gameplay. But yeah, so I'm, I'm enjoying Medieval. Obviously, a lot of charm there, a lot of goofiness. The, the main character is a reincarnated or a, a hero that once died fighting off this evil sorcerer, now the evil sorcerer is back, and this hero is brought back to life, except now he's like a skeleton, with, a with you know, various weapons, throwing daggers, big axes, war hammers, swords. Uh, and, you know, I can overlook the simplistic gameplay for the fact that, yes, there's a lot of charm and fantastic theming to the game. And, uh, yeah. That's all I've been playing. Uh... Alright, so I have been playing a bunch of games uh, for my last seven Platinums. I, I figured, let's do a little fun little thing here, guys. You tell me 
how long you think it took me to get the platinum. Uh, the first one is Angels with Scaly Wings, which is a visual novel. How long do you think it took me to get the platinum? Ten minutes. I got, I got it twice. Ten minutes. Yield? Sure, ten minutes. Fifty-three minutes and four seconds. Uh, J-I-S-E-I, I I can't pronounce it. It took me twenty-one minutes. Well, you really Uh, screwed, you really screwed, well, I thought we were supposed to guess. Okay, I'm sorry. You, um, you really screwed yourself here by by playing all these games you can't pronounce. Bowen Story One Jane version. How long do you think it took me to get the platinum? I'm just gonna say ten minutes every time because. Well, that's why I kept. That's why I just said the time. This was 19 minutes and 52 seconds. Uh, One Eyed Lee and the Dinner Party, which is the game that Homer said to. Uh, Fifteen minutes. Forty-eight minutes. What I thought you said fifty. I, the only reason I said fifteen minutes because I swore you said that on the Facebook chat. Uh no, that the fifteen minutes was uh the next no, fifteen. What? I don't remember. Uh then I got ZJ the Bull level four, the EU version that took me three minutes and two seconds, and Loot Hero DX took me thirteen minutes and twenty four seconds. Are you trying to make yield sick? I thought you said this was supposed to be fun. It is fun. For who? It's fun for me. Uh, How? I, I also started playing Alan Wake remastered. Um. I have my problems with the games, but yeah, I'm going to... Well, no, no, why don't you... I mean, it would have been nice to have Levi on here, so, I mean, Levi could... Because Levi hasn't been on since he started playing the game, I don't... Actually, has he been on since he started playing the game? I know he's commented on the Facebook group, but I can't remember if he's been on, on the show since. But it'd be nice to, you know, get your thoughts and have him, you know, respond to that and kind of maybe give you some of his point of view on the game. But you and I talked about this a little the other night. What do you think of the game? I I don't like it at all, and I'm not being like uh, I'm not saying in character here. I I legit don't like the game. Uh, I told him I sent him a message on uh, Facebook Messenger that says it controls like booty, which we all agree with. Uh, he actually said agreed. He says its redeeming quality is the story, the depth, and the atmosphere. In fact, without that, it's kind of crap. The combat is kind of crappy too, but you get fully submersed and let the story captivate you. Don't play distracted, and you'll see exactly why we call it a masterpiece. Let me know when you plan to stream again in the next two days, and I'll sign on to watch. I actually streamed the next day. I said I'm live, and he never responded. Uh, so he, he's out. He's outright admitting the game is horrible. But well, here's the thing: I don't agree that the combat is bad because I think the gunplay acts pretty well. And you and I talked about this. You're like, there's no crosshairs on the screen, so I don't know where I'm shooting. And I'm like, point where the flashlight is. So, okay, and that 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 actually helps it, but yeah, that because redeem here's it. the thing: having a crosshairs on the screen kind of destroys the experience. So you want this immersive thriller, right? And you put a you know a reticle or a crosshairs, whatever you want to call it. You put that on the screen; it kind of busts that a little bit. Having the light, the flashlight, be how you tear the darkness away from the taken, which makes them vulnerable, but also have that kind of be your guide to where you're supposed to shoot. I think that's brilliant. I think that's a nice way to create an immersive experience. I don't know. But but I mean like I, I agree, like the Alan Wake moves very clunkily. Like it's 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 worse than say you would see in like the original Uncharted game. Like he just moves around really clunkily. Um so I agree that the the controls, at least the controls when it comes to platforming, uh his general movement and and the car, the driving the cars, it's terrible. Like it's not great. But there may have been nothing they could have done about that because this is, you know, an eleven year old game. So I do agree that the movement... Not release the game broken? 
I didn't. I don't think it makes the game broken. I was able to get through the game easily on nightmare difficulty. I don't think it's broken at all. But I do understand where you're coming from on that. And again, like the character models, when you first load that game up, if you're used to playing on the PlayStation Four, or PlayStation Five, when you load that game up and you see the character models, they look bad. And it's like some, like I said, some Uncanny Valley thing where it's like they look like humans, but not all the way like humans. But overall, I mean, yes, Levi does make a good point that it's about the story, it's about the atmosphere, and all that stuff does a lot to help the game along. Eventually, if you play it more, I feel like, you know, you can get past the controls because, like I said, even though I had my initial complaints, once I got into the game proper, I really enjoyed it. And I, like I said, I played it through three times to get the Platinum Trophy. But I, I've also mentioned this before, and that I think nostalgia does a lot of things for this game, where I think that the people who will get the most out of this game, or enjoy it the most, are the people who have already played it years ago. Because I think the people who come to it now will look at it with a more discerning eye and won't be able to shake off potentially some of those things that are wrong. Alright, and the other game that I beat, this, uh, I beat Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Fun little game, go back and play it. Uh, I am 10 trophies away from the Platinum, but I don't think I'm going to get it because I really don't like the fact that uh, with the collectibles, you can't chapter select and get the collectibles because if, say, I do chapter 9 to get all the collectibles and that collectibles and then I go back to chapter 4, every other collectible past that point in the game is erased. Yeah, so I don't know why that made that every, they made that decision. That's awful. You, you have to get every collectible in one run. You can't chapter select to go back to get them. So that's that. That's where, I mean, as time-consuming as it is, that's where you sit there after you've played the game and gotten all your other trophies, you sit there with a guide. Okay, let's go do chapter one. Okay, now but let's go do chapter two. Yeah, but see, that's, that's, a, that's where I will get ready, Homer, because here it comes. That's where I think that there's a negative aspect of trophies where People can make something like this, and it's like, okay, go through once and play the game how you want, experience the game just to have fun, and, you know, pick up collectibles along the way. If you do it that way, and you're picking up collectibles where you find them, and, you know, let's be honest, like, we're all going to miss things no matter how hard we scrub each level, but having, like, the, the incentive there being like, okay, play how you want, and then you can just go back and mop up, you're still being rewarded for finding the, the, the collectibles you did find. Because on your second run or your chapter select, you don't have to find every single collectible. Doing it this way is one of the negative aspects of trophies because it's just a bullshit way to pad the time in the game or it forces you to just sit there with a guide so you don't have to go back again. Like, that's stupid. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to go back and get it. Alright, so let's get into our topics of the week. Uh, we don't have a lot of topics to speak, but I think we have some good conversational points uh, for our topics of the week. Uh, first one, we have some sad news. Saints Row has been delayed until August 2022. Originally supposed to come out in February. It's now going to come out on August 23rd, 2022, almost seven months after its initially planned arrival date. Uh, some feedback on the Facebook group. A lot of people said... Uh, they they're not too they're not upset about this delayed if you have to, uh. But I I think the three of us all agree that you know delayed until it's fixed you know get get it to where it needs to be. Yeah, as I said, make it the best Saints Row game that it can possibly be. Uh, I can't remember if it's Shigeru Miyamoto or not, but I I know somebody from Nintendo that said, you know, a delay is a delay. 
you got to wait for a little bit. And I'm paraphrasing here because I don't remember the exact quote, but I do remember that, that I think they exactly said a bad game is forever. I mean, I, granted, nowadays, I guess that was that was from an older interview because nowadays, you know, with, with patches and stuff, you certainly can fix things as cyberpunk can show. But uh, the mindset is there is that don't really like it's better to delay a game than release a really shitty game that even if you can fix later, you might lose your audience because as we saw with, oh, what's that? No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky promised a lot at launch, didn't live up to that. And while they have, you know, in following years and ensuing years, made good on all those promises, or at least most of them, and improved the games like a lot, a lot of people gave up on the game because it wasn't as good at launch. And you have that where you may, you launch a game like, Look at all the heat that the Grand Theft Auto trilo- Definitive Edition trilogy is getting right now for the problems with that. I don't, 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 that's the next topic, don't jump okay. ahead. But releasing a game too early is is more detrimental, I would think, than having to push it back. And yes, there are extra marketing costs, because I mean, people, you know, plan for a fiscal year, they, they budget out, and they, they plan to have, you know, certain cash and revenue made by a game if it's released at a certain point. And missing targets can definitely hurt you financially. But I think it's far worse, especially when it comes to like just the general idea or the view of your company where releasing a bad game or releasing a broken game does far worse. I mean, look at look at me. I refuse to buy anything from CD Projekt Red. Uh, yield? I, I, I said that it'll um, help my February wallet. Yes, you did. That was actually the first comment made on the post. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm fine with it being delayed. Some comments from the community. Uh, Levi said, I believe Jeff thought I was talking junk when I said it would be delayed, but it wasn't. It's just par for the course these days, but I'd rather a good game be finished. Uh, Homer came back and says, as long as you don't see CD Projekt Reddit, you're doing right by the video game community. Levi responded to that saying, absolutely. I'm glad, actually glad to see them delayed. Uh, Sid said, all delays are good. I don't exactly agree that all delays are good, but uh, Donnie followed that up by saying, technically, yes, but I still feel they need to stop giving release dates, which is why I'm going into the next point is do companies need to stop giving us release dates and just say, hey, listen, the game's going to be out in a month. You know, that's when you- I, I said this. Oh, I don't know. Last time we talked about this, probably that instead of. Instead of coming out and and giving a firm release date, like when you're. And, you know, let, let's say we're at E3. Oh, the game's going to be out February of next year. And then you get to November and, or December and, oh, crap, oh, we're going to delay it. I That's when I started going, just start giving quarter one of 2022. And then as we get to quarter one, if we're not there yet, then delay it. Because we didn't know when it was going to be in that three-month three, three month window period. Then when you know you've got a confirmed date, and I'm sure development's far enough ahead that you have a pretty good idea, even if you delay it, when it's going to be done, then you come out and go, hey, you're going to get it in July. Because then if it's been delayed, all you're doing, if there, if, if you end up having to push it out of your initial quarter window, you're still given another quarter window to hit. So I, I think since video games are more and more getting delayed, I think that that would be far better than just going, oh, hey, your game's coming out in March, and then you get to March, you're looking forward to it, and you get to February, and ah, oh, nah, it's going to be a few more months. 
Oh, nah, it's going to be a few more months. And then they, then you're pushing a year from when it was originally supposed to launch. And that could wane a few people, depending on how excited you are about it, from a day one purchase to a, ah, I'll pick it up later. I mean, there are extreme cases like The Last Guardian, because Last Guardian was years and years and years behind when it probably should have come out. I mean, it took them forever to get that game out. Luckily, they actually did get the game out, and we got also, to play okay, it. Uh, Duke Nukem Forever as well. Well, yeah. That game was in development hell for a long time. I don't really have a problem with them, with the way things currently are, because one, I mean, you have to like give shareholders an idea of what's coming up. And then also, when it comes to your audience, when it comes to the people who buy your games, you have to give them a certain, like, and, and like, not even just a time period, because, like, I think that uh, when Pokemon Unite was releasing, they gave a month, but they didn't give an exact date. And that's almost more frustrating because it's like, okay, well, you know, being able to plan stuff around the game or the release of the game is important. You know, maybe some people take off time from work to play a game they've really been looking forward to. So I think giving people exact dates lets you build hype for a game. And, you know, especially like if you want to announce it a year out, you know, that allows you to build hype for the game. It also allows people to plan stuff around the release of that game. You know, we just need to show patience as gamers and just understand that we would rather have a better product than a broken game earlier. But yeah, I don't have a problem with them announcing a specific date and then being like, okay, well, it's going to be seven more months, actually. Well, that's that's fine. I, I, I can understand that. I can live with that. Um, it's not going to kill me. I'm, I'm of two minds when, when it comes to release dates because I, I kind of want to know like a release date of a game because like uh, Alex was alluded to, I can plan for it. Like if they came out and announced The Last of Us Part 3, you know, I want to know that what when it's coming out with a you know with a solid date, so because I'm the crazy enough to take vacation off of work, so I'm home to play it all week. Um, but I also don't want them to announce it until they know the date, because it, when when you look at games like uh as Alex and I alluded to, like uh The Last Guardian and Duke Nukem Forever, when those games get set into development hell. And you like you're anticipating that game, and the longer it gets delayed, the more, the less hype it has. And there's no at some point you're never going to live up to the expectations of whatever the game was uh, hyped up to be. You know, look at Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk was one of the most highly anticipated games of all time, but they should have delayed that game. Now, if they came out and said, "Oh, well, we have to delay it," you know, people would have understood. People would have been pissed off, but people would have understood. And Cyberpunk is a classic reason of why delays happen because everybody wanted the game, so they released it. And then what happened? It got such... It got dragged through the mud so much because how broken it was. Where if they would have delayed it, yeah, you would have had people pissed off, but they wouldn't have had all the bad press they had. I mean, would we be sitting here talking about Alice not buying a CD Projekt Red game ever again? I don't think so. Well, also, it wasn't just how broken the game was. The fact that they fucking hid the fact that it was a broken game and tried to pass it off on us. Right. I mean, I mean, I'm just saying the point is, is that if a game development company has to delay a game, whenever I hear they have to delay a game, am I upset? Yes. But am I okay with it? Absolutely. It's a game release. There are other things. With how many games come out every year, there's something that you can play to wait for that game. Or probably numerous things that you can play. Or anything else you could do while waiting for that game. 
Like, I just don't think game releases... Yeah, like, delays are disappointing if you've really, really been looking forward to that game. But my god, it's not the end of the world. Alright, uh, let's move on here, because another topic of that's been in the news this week is the Grand Theft Auto Trilogy on how broken they are and how much they're getting some bad press. Rockstar, uh, this is coming from IGN, written by Matt Kim. Rockstar Games has announced it will take steps to improve the quality of Grand Theft Auto the Trilogy, the Definitive Edition, starting with the first title update, which is actually out now. Uh... In a new blog post, Rockstar says that the, quote, updated versions of these classic games did not launch in a state that meets our own standards of quality or the standards our fans have come to expect. To this end, Rockstar will address the technical issues in the trilogy. The hope is that with each update, the game will, re- will reach the qual- level of quality that they deserve to be. Uh, this is also more concerning, and I'm not going to read the other article. Uh, this is... More of an issue because at the same time they released the trilogy, they removed the individual versions of games from all the stores, so you couldn't even go back and play buy the you know the original versions of the games to play them. You could only play these broken versions. And you know, in our text chat that we got we got going back and forth, uh, Metacritic is actually given this uh, the fan version. Uh, last time we checked was a point zero nine. That's how bad this is. Well, GameSpot gave it a, this is like one one critical review that I've seen, gave it a four. Um, and you know the funny thing about how they said that this, was, this wasn't launched at their quality? Guess who published it? Tell me. Rockstar Games. They published <laughs> it. Now, now they, on Nintendo Switch, I think Nintendo is publishing it. Not Rockstar. But as far as the other versions, Nintendo, Rockstar published this game that they say didn't launch with at like at their own quality or what they expect for the quality of their games. So why the fuck did you publish it already if you knew it wasn't the quality? Uh, also, I've seen videos and I think it was RGT85, one of the YouTubers I watch, where he was commenting on the the list of the patch. Uh, I think it was from the twentieth, came out yesterday, where some of the fixes that they talk about, like an invisible bridge somewhere in San Andreas, where the fixes they list aren't actually fixed in the game. Like, there's stuff in there they say they fixed that they didn't fix. The the highest score, the excuse me, the highest score from the uh, from the fans that uh, Grand Theft Auto has reached is a point nine, um, but overall it's a point four right now. Yeah, I mean it's very clear that they didn't put enough effort into this. Even if somebody else developed it, they didn't put enough effort in the pub- as the publisher into this. And I know that Nintendo got shit for not putting much effort into the Nintendo Online service, the expansion pack, which included the Nintendo 64 Online, and also the Mario 3D All-Stars Anniversary Collection that came out last year. But my god, Rockstar just didn't put fucking any effort into this, it seems like. Uh, Yield, do you have any comments on this? Uh, By the time I get around to buying it, they'll fix it, because I plan on picking it up. Alright, uh, hopefully you'll also be interested in picking this up. WB's Multiverse officially has announced their game and features Batman, Arya Stark, and more. This is coming from IGN and is written by Matt Perslow. Uh, Warner Brothers has officially announced Multiverse, a Super Smash Brothers-like fighter developed by first-player games that brings together characters from shows like Scooby-Doo, Adventure Time, Looney Tunes, and even Game of Thrones. It's set to release in 22 for consoles and PC, and will be free to play. Multiverse will support 1v1, 2v2, and 4-player 
Free-for-all matches set on stages themed around the characters available in the game, including the Batcave and Jake and Finn's Tree Fort. An incomplete roster has already been revealed, with more to be announced, and each one will be voiced by the original acting talent. So far, the characters include Batman, voiced by Kevin Conroy, Superman, voiced by George Newbern, Wonder Woman, voiced by Abby Trott, Holly Quinn, by Tara Strong, Shaggy, by Matthew Lillard, Bugs Bunny by Eric Bauza, Aria Stark by Mace Williams, the original actor, Jake the Dog from Adventure Time, voiced by John DiMaggio, Finn the Human, voiced by Jeremy Stata, Steven Universe, voiced by Daniel Divern, Garnet from Steven Universe, voiced by Estelle, Tom and Jerry, voiced by Eric Bauza, and Rain Dog, the original character for the multiverse, is voiced by Andrew Frankel. Uh, so, going into this, being that this is free to play, uh, Alex, I think you're more of the Smash Brothers uh, fan. Do you think this has a chance of surviving? I mean, I don't know. Like once, if you are on YouTube and you watch anything regarding Smash Brothers, you and you followed any of the, the pro players, you saw that once Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl came out, all the like Smash Brothers YouTubers went over to Nickelodeon and started playing that game, and they're still pumping out a ton of content, like user created content for that. Um, on you know various social platforms, so it seems like that game caught on really well, and I think in general, like any straight Smash Brothers clone, you know PlayStation All Stars was not that. I think any clone of Smash Brothers, like Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl or like Multiverse, I think has a chance to survive. Yes, now with Nickelodeon also also in there, like people who play that genre of the platform brawlers, uh, the the party platform brawlers, can how many games can they support? Uh, when I heard that Arya Stark was potentially fighting Batman and all the other, you know, Tom and Jerry's in there, I don't know, man. Like, I think that one of the things Super Smash Brothers has done really well is put people in there together. I mean, yes, Solid Snake is in there with, like, Peach and Mario, but overall, with those games, I can kind of suspend my disbelief and look at it and be like, okay, like, yeah, I, I can see these char- these game characters fighting each other. So I think they've done a good job of picking characters that kind of make sense and, you know, Scorpion's not in there, which would be a complete oddball to put in Smash Brothers. You look and you see, like, Tom and Jerry fighting Batman, and I know it's the animated Batman, but my god, like, it's fucking ridiculous, even for one of these games. So, I don't know, for me personally, looking at the roster, it just looks goofy as shit. Like, okay, who are our most prominent characters? Let's all throw them in there together. And so it's kind of like this, I don't know, it just feels, like, kind of really weird to me, and I'm, I have little to no interest because of that, which your roster is, like, Arya Stark fighting Batman? Who wants that? Who's calling for that? Yield. So, I checked out when you said Smash Brothers. I figured as much. So, um, no. I won't be playing this, even though that is free. You, you um, won't even give it a shot? No, I won't even give it a shot. Okay. Um, you, you, you'd have to sell me on the trailer. But already, when you're, when you're gonna have Batman, which I give them props for at least getting the original voice cast for uh, Harley Quinn and Batman. I mean, you get major kudos for me for that, but... Um, I mean, they got Matthew Lillard for Shaggy. Come on. No, so- no, sorry. Shaggy, you can't get that voice anymore. Well, yeah, because um, what's his name? Um, because... He passed um, away, but I- I'm trying to think. Oh, Casey Kasem was the original Shaggy. Casey yeah. Kasem, thank you. I-, I, could- I could hear him, but I couldn't think of him. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, but Ma- Matthew Lillard played Shaggy in the movie. I don't care. That's not sorry. If you are you, are you talking you, about the you, OG you got, voice actor, you, you you got the younger generation of Shaggy. You want my Shaggy? 
Casey. 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 It's Casey. No, so, so okay, here's the thing. I will give them credit for that because as Yield points out, they did get the you know at least voice work for these characters and probably as many like true to the source material as they could, um, or they they got as many authentic voices as they could for these characters. That is one knock on Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl is that there's no voice work in there. And a lot of people really, while they they say the game is fun, they really would have liked that extra bit of effort there to make sure that the the fighters in that game had voices and there were there was more audio work in there. So I do appreciate that. But then also you see that oh, who is it looking at? Superman is in this game, and Bugs Bunny is also in this game. Are you honestly going to tell me that anyone that anyone thinks that Superman versus Bugs Bunny or Superman versus any of these people? is a match. It's like, you know, people wanted Goku in Super Smash Brothers for a long time, and you look at that, and it's like, Goku would fucking smash all of them. So, I mean, there's some oddballs like Kirby, which people could probably point out. It's like, oh, Kirby's all done all this, and he's this powerful. Whatever. But you just have these characters that you throw in the mix, and it's just like, they would fucking dominate. Finn the dog from Adventure Time versus Superman or Batman, like, I don't know. The cat, it's just, it may be a fun game, but in the end, the roster is so ludicrously populated by cartoon characters and just beasts of the comic world that I, I can't take it seriously. All right. Um, also from the article, Multiverse will support crossplay and cross progression across its supported platforms, which is going to be the Xbox Series S and X, the Xbox One, PS5, PS4, and PC versus via Steam. Dedicated server-based rollback netcode will support the online gameplay for the life of the game to help reduce lag and disconnects. Guilds and social features will allow you to challenge other groups and climb up leaderboards. And if you are interested in playing, they are holding playtests, and you can sign up for them. Sign up for them at the Multiverse website. Yeah, and maybe you know, like Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl, Super Smash Brothers. These are games you have to pay an upfront cost for, and you know there may be some transactions with you know DLC you know, after that initial cost. But this game being um, free-to-play from the start, there's obviously a recognition there by Warner Brothers that, okay, we, you know, we've got the Titan in this world of Super Smash Brothers, and we have Nickelodeon All-Stars, which launched before us, and has garnered significant attention in this space. We have to do something to separate us, not only by the roster, but also, like, lowering that bar entry to try to hook people and get people in the door, and then hopefully maybe, you know, we'll get more attention that way. So, I mean, it's free to play, it gives them a chance, but I don't know, like, how many Smash Brothers clones can we support in, you know, a year? Alright, that is the end of our normal topics. Uh, We were going to do the Be Legit update now, but Leva's not here. So, the next point of the agenda is, Tricky throws down a challenge to his trophy bitch. Uh, We all know who that is. Uh, I, you know, if you're, if you're going to call someone that, I think that you ought to have the guts to say their name and and address them properly. Other than, than act like their name is legally bitch. Oh, he, he, I'm legally going to change his name to bitch after I beat him down in this challenge. This coming from the guy that only won the trophy war by one, he and his team only won the trophy war by one point. I mean, it's still a victory, but I'm saying like, you act like it, it, you know, it wasn't close. But... It wasn't close. By the points, by the... You know, you can say that you beat Daryl by 14 Platinums on that day, but... That's that's what matters. You won by one me. point. You won by one point in the scale of things when it comes to scoring for the overall trophy. 
It doesn't matter if it's an inch or a mile. A win is a win. But still, he Alex has a point. I hate you both. What? No, I mean, it's, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just we saying. Didn't, we didn't set up the scoring. If, if you, if you just stomp the mud hole in him, which I overall, did, I, I, you did personally, but it wasn't about personal. This was a team effort. So, you know, it, it don't matter in a football team if you throw for 500 yards, four touchdowns, and you still lose. Yeah, you had a great individual day, but you still lost. But okay, so you're saying that if you throw for 500 yards and 14 touchdowns. Yeah, I'm yeah. obviously going to be exaggerating. But you only went up in the game by yeah. one point. That you can't brag? No, because the other team darn near beat you when you had 500 yards and 14 touchdowns. I mean, you can sit there and, and, and raise that individual up because you still won. Even if you lose, they'll still raise that individual up. But you only won by one. So as a team effort, you didn't really do that good. All right. Anyway, you know, as my boys, I expect you to have my back. It, you know, if if you had better arguments, I guess I would say, or better a position to stand on, man, I will have your back. But when you're out there on that weaky-ass limb, I'm going to let you fall. All right. So I posted today in the, fa- in the Facebook group, I said, anyone else find it funny that Daryl isn't talking shit anymore? And I posted a picture of how I have... 12 more Platinums than him. I am 12 levels higher than him, and I have over a 1,000 more trophies than him. Uh, Daryl says that he can't, he can't beat me right now because he's, quote, balls deep in school, but when he's finished, he'll be spanking the booty just like before. And this got a couple comments from the community. Garrett says, Daryl has bigger fish to fry. We don't need any spam on this contest we're in. I said he makes enough excuses. He doesn't need you or any help from you. Uh, and then Rick threw out an idea. Said, you should both have a year off of spam and make it an instant contest. So I'm throwing down the gauntlet to Daryl. I say starting either December 1st or January 1st, we each put $10 into a pot every month that we do not play a spam game. At the end of the year... How do we determine a spam game? No Rattalika games, no Platinums, no games that you can play under an hour, anything like that. It has okay, to be... Because that needs to be defined. Okay, the we can define it over the course because I, I, I will be willing to put out a council out there that somebody says this game is not a spam game. Because there are arguments. Like I was saying earlier with uh, Daggerhood and Devious Dungeons, technically they're rat lack of games, but I would not call that a spam game because it takes anywhere from five to six hours to beat. Legit. But I will have a council out there that I I will fully support. Uh, my rule is that on, nobody on the council can be anybody from the podcast. So that eliminates you and Alex, that eliminates Kalai, Joe, and anybody else on the Loop Brothers. It has to be an independent council that of people that we trust. With that being said, every month that me or Dell can go without playing a rat game, we throw ten dollars in the pot. At the end of the year, whoever has the most trophies, platinums, however you want to break up the points, becomes the winner. If at any point during the year one of us fails, 
and plays a rat game, the entire pot gets donated to the other's Extra Life page. Sound fair? I, I mean, if you're going to sit Sounds here fair. and talk about competition, I think that you guys should just play the games you want to play. And I think that we, you, at the end of the year, you guys should, there should be a council of people. And you should submit your best, what you think are your best 20 games from that year that you played, or however many. And they get in, and the, the council judges who had the better year, based on the games that you played. See, I, I, I would agree with that, other than the fact that there are people in our community that will troll just for Tolly's sake. I mean, people will troll both you and Daryl. Yes, but I, we, as Yield always points out, when we have competitions like this, we need a, a hard, fast, Con- hard, rules. concrete rules. You, you cannot leave it up to debate where somebody can turn around and say, okay, Guardians of the Galaxy, while it's made by a AAA developer, is, is, is a shitty game, so we're not going to count that. That's a troll move, and I don't want to put up with that. This is legit. Let's raise money for the kids because he wants a trophy war. uh, 3.0, this is my thing. No rat games for a period of one year. If we both make it a year, then we have the council decide who won based on the games, most platinums, most trophies, whatever it is. The the pot gets donated to the Next Life page. If at any point during the year we break down, we immediately get disqualified, and the money gets donated to the Extra Life page of the winner. I think that's fair. I mean, of course, we could tweak it and move how we need, but I think that's a good uh, basis for a challenge. What do you gentlemen think? Neil, let's start with you. Uh, as as long as you can get solid rules to where you both are comfortable with it, then it that sounds fun. And Alex? I mean, how, however you guys want to do this, and if it... it- uh, and if you if you guys are using this as a way to drum up support for extra life, I don't think anyone can be mad about it. Um, I don't know. Like I, 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 like I said, part of the reason I don't get to competitions like these is because it restricts what you can play. So there's got always got to be rules that oh you can't play this, you can't play that, and I understand why. But shit, just play play games you want to play. Like why do we got to restrict what we want to play? If tricky, if you if you honestly want to go rat spam a bunch of games, why? Why restrict them? Because I get hell from you guys for rat spamming games for over the last seven days. That's fine. Yes, and we will still give you hell, but if you want to play those games, just play those games. Uh, Alright. If it, like, I just don't understand. Like, For me, there's one simple... It's not about who has the time to crank out as many Platinums in a year as possible. To me, it's like... For me, personally, what were the quality of games... What challenge? How did you challenge yourself in the year? Um, that's what I want to see. I don't care about your your numbers, your totals. That doesn't matter to me. How if you if you beat if in a year you played five really hard games and succeeded in beating those games or beating those games in the top level or getting the platinum trophy in those games? That to me means far more than someone who's like, yeah, I got a thousand platinums this year because those a thousand platinums in easy games don't mean shit. All right. With that being said, I have to step away from the mic a second because I have to make a phone call. Uh, Alex, can you take over the first topic of the week? 
pretty big topic here, pretty important topic. Uh, as you know, we, we've covered and talked about all that's going on with Activision, Activision Blizzard and how that company, that publisher, is essentially burning itself to the ground and making itself the true villain of the video game industry. You know, we've, we've, people have talked shit about EA, Electronic Arts, about how they're, they're a villain of the video game industry. Well, Activision Blizzard is certainly trying to uh, do everything they can to make sure that people know that they are the most hated company in all video games. Uh, perhaps one of the most hated companies there is. Uh, so this this article comes from Bloomberg, and I'm probably going to read the entire thing because there's a lot of important things in here, a lot of important details, and just a way to catch you up if you know you haven't been uh, kept abreast of this situation or just know what's going on. Uh, the title of the article is PlayStation Chief Criticizes Activision's Response to Crisis. This is written by Jason Schreier. Quote, Sony Group Corp's PlayStation Chief Jim Ryan admonished Activision Blizzard Inc. Wednesday for an inadequate response to allegations that Chief Executive Officer Bobby Kotick was aware of sexual misconduct and harassment claims at the publisher for years and that he mistreated women. In an email to employees reviewed by Bloomberg, Ryan linked to the Wall Street Journal's Tuesday report. He wrote that he and his leadership were disheartened and frankly stunned to read that Activision had not done enough to address the deep-seated culture of discrimination and harassment. We outreached to Activision immediately after... Uh, this is Jim Ryan. We outreached to Activision immediately after the article was published to express our deep concern and to ask how they plan to address the claims made in the article, he wrote. We do not believe their statements of response properly address the situation. And at the end of the quote by Jim Ryan. Going back to the article. As one of the video game industry's biggest console manufacturers, Sony has long had a close relationship with Activision, which produces hits like Call of Duty and World of Warcraft. In addition to, the publish, to publishing most of its games on PlayStation consoles, Activision has worked with Sony on elaborate marketing deals. The last few entries in the Call of Duty series, including this year's Call of Duty Vanguard, have featured exclusive modes and content for the PlayStation. Activision is under fire from its own employees. More than 100 walked out Tuesday and called for Kotick's resignation. The board issued a statement standing by Kotick, uh, that being the board of directors. Activision shares fell 2.5% in New York on Wednesday afternoon. Ryan's email didn't specify actions Sony would take against Activision, but Sony has been proactive in the past about removing games from its PlayStation Online store when unhappy. Last December, Sony pulled the highly anticipated game Cyberpunk 2077 from its store and offered full refunds to players after the release was riddled with bugs and performed especially poorly in console versions. Sony reinstated the title about six months later. Ryan emphasized to his staff that Sony Interactive Entertainment is committed to ensuring our community of developers and gamers feel safe and respected and providing a secure work environment for every employee. He called on employees to, to report instances of harassment or discrimination and promised that any action would be investigated. Kotick is facing mounting concerns about the direction of the company, including in the form of multiple lawsuits and investigation by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Kotick has apologized for an early reaction from the company that was considered tone-deaf by staff and has taken measures to clean up the corporate culture, including reducing his salary under new gender goals, um, including reducing his salary until new gender goals are met and calling off its biggest annual game event, BlizzCon. Uh, but his support is waning. A group of small Activision Blizzard shareholders accounting for less than 1% of the outstanding stock said it called for Codex resignation on Wednesday in a letter to the company's board. So, uh, it, has, it has come out recently that Bobby Kotick knew of allegations of um, sexual assault, uh, sexual harassment, and all these other things, and he basically ignored them, uh, despite the fact that he knew about them. So, people are now, uh, obviously, you know, in the article I talked about, Employees walking out, you have shareholders asking for Bobby Kotick's resignation, the board of directors is standing behind Bobby Kotick. Uh, yeah, that's that's basically where we stand. And um, who was the guy who resigned? The 
the the first executive who came out it was the, I guess the president of Activ- of Activision Blizzard. Um, Tricky, help me with his name. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. I was gonna say because we had Roe on for the episode, and uh, basically I can't think of the name, but you had an executive come out uh, and just basically gave a, a line. I uh, gave a response that you 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 read, and you were like, "Man, that's bullshit. That's completely bullshit. That's that's crisis management right there." And that executive stepped down. What a week or two later. Yeah, I'm I'm looking right now. Hold on. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna say this: that the only way to rectify the situation. Well, first of all, they need to start treating employees better and make sure their all of their employees have a safe work environment where they are respected, regardless of their gender. Everyone deserves the same level of respect everyone deserves a safe work environment where they are not harassed or you know worse uh, assaulted um, physically sexually anything like that so i mean that that's top of the list where you have to make sure that your employees feel safe uh but you got to fire bobby Kotick. he's got to go like i see no universe in which bobby Kotick has, stays at activision and they are not just burned to the ground um not not necessarily um literally but uh certainly metaphorically and people just his name i'm sorry his name was j allen brack i knew it started with the b his last name that i could remember so j allen brack is gone he stepped down uh amid all the furor and it just seems like even after that first report of you know allegations of a frat boy culture this story has just gotten worse and it seems like activision's culture when you dig deeper and deeper has is it's awful and you know, Jay Allen Brack, you know, talked about when he did come out and talk and and you know try to to do crisis management. He talked about how the you know people can come to them with concerns, and they can they can go to leadership for concerns with concerns and any issues they have. And here you find out, you know, months later that Bobby Kotick knew about some of this shit and ignored it. So I mean, it, we saw through that statement, and it's just kind of like as more and more comes to light, you just see how full of shit they are at Activision, and it sucks for anyone who goes to work and works hard and treats their employees, their, their fellow employees with respect. It sucks to be caught up in this firestorm, but clearly Activision needs, like, some major changes, and one of those is Bobby Kotick's gotta go. He's gotta be fired. Do either of you see a world where Bobby Kotick can still remain at the top of Activision Blizzard? Well, if he does, they'll, their, their shares will drastically drop. Listen, I... There's no way he can keep his job. I mean, he's he yeah he's got to go. It's I I'm not going to speak for him in any way, shape, or form, but I, I'm sure like CEOs of other companies, you know, not with heinous things like this, get told about certain things all the time, and they have to rely on other people to handle it because he has other responsibilities. But something to this extent, if he really honestly knew about this and did nothing, he's got to go. Because this is not something that you can just pass off to, you know, somebody below you and say, oh, go handle this. He's got to get involved himself. And it sounds like he knew about it and didn't do anything about it, which is clearly the wrong move. One of the things that makes sure that that keeps everybody in check is, you know, people, when there are issues, people can go to leadership people can go to people who can take care of things and make sure that things are set right bobby Kotick staying in that position how many employees are going to trust him to do the right thing when somebody has a real problem and goes to him or anybody in leadership 
they got to have a, somebody in there, a CEO they can trust. You got to have management and leadership and people in positions of power that you can trust. And clearly, Bobby Kotick can't be trusted. And people who work there in the future shouldn't trust him either if he were to stay in place. So if you're trying to like change the culture of the company, getting rid of all the people at the top were, um, and there was even actually, you know, Tricky, I read from the Bloomberg article and not the IGN article that you, you posted, but uh, there was something in the IGN article that uh, I did want to read because it wasn't mentioned in the Bloomberg article. Uh, this comes from an IGN article by George Yang titled, PlayStation Boss Disheartened and Frankly Stunned by Activision Blizzard Scandal. Let me find it here. Um, following yesterday's massive report, Many events unfolded, including Activision employees staging a walkout, the board of directors backing, Bob, backing Kotick, and shareholders calling for Kotick, as well as two other directors to resign. This morning, IGN also reported that Blizzard co-lead Jennifer O'Neill was only offered an equal contract with her counterpart, Mike uh, Yara, after tendering her resignation. This was after reports that she had resigned in part due to unequal pay. So even in the midst of this scandal, they tried to pay Jen O'Neill less than her counterpart. It no, it's, uh, uh, maybe I'm reading this wrong. I thought they offered her an equal contract. They offered her an equal contract after she tendered her resignation. She was going to quit over unequal pay, and then they offered her the same amount. I mean, I, again, I'm not trying to be an apologist, but that sounds like they valued her position and said, okay, listen, this is wrong, let's pay you equal. Well, I mean, to me, that sounds like a step in the right direction. Maybe too little, too late. But is it, it tricky? Is it a step in the, right, in the right, direction? right direction, or did they realize that? Oh, if she, we've got a firestorm on our hands. If she quits, when just getting that position, because remember, she just recently was appointed to that position. Imagine her leaving, and talking about unequal pay, and then you've got all these reports of women being treated awfully. How much worse did that make them? That is to me a PR move. They wanted to pay her less, and then they saw that she was going to leave, and they're like, "Oh fuck." Okay, this is going to make everything worse. This wasn't them valuing her, because if they valued her in her position, they would have paid her as much as they paid the other guy. This was them trying to save their ass. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, okay. I'm, I'm not going to go there. I, I, I just think that just when you, like, it can always get worse. It can always get worse. So just when you think you've heard the worst from Activision Blizzard, here comes more. Uh, see, I, I, Bobby Kotick's got to go. If they really want to change the culture, they they have to do some massive changes, not just in their outlook, but in the people who are at the top. And Bobby Kotick just is somebody who cannot be trusted to be the CEO of Activision Blizzard. And I hated that guy after he decided to drop uh, brutal after Activision decided to drop Brutal Legend and no longer publish the Ghostbusters video game on PS3. I got pissed then. Imagine now. Uh, Yield, do you want to say anything more about this or anything about this? No. <laughs> it's like the th they're, they're they're in trouble. This this is stories like this, are like the third rail of ga gaming. You, like it, it's got to be talked about, but nobody really wants to touch this stuff. I I hate talking about things like this because there's really not much we can say. It's it's and like I just said, it's the third rail when it comes to talking about these things. Like it, it's a lose lose situation because if I try to say, okay, listen. We've had problems with Bobby Kotick from way before this. Like you, uh, Alex, you've never really liked the guy. Period. Um, so when something comes out like this, and in no way, shape, or form, I'm trying to compare myself to a CEO of like a, a Fortune 500 company, but I run Proof of Gamer, and there's stuff that happens behind the scenes that I don't know about unless it's brought to my attention. 
And it's it's bad because if if when we had the Loot Brothers about, about at the time it was remember the Loot when we had them on the show and I'm not talking shit anymore like this is just a business side of me. If somebody on that show had said something horrific and it got out there, but I didn't listen to the show for a couple of weeks, and then somebody goes, "Well, tricky, why didn't you take care of this?" It's it's so hard to defend yourself and say, okay, I should have been on top of this, but I wasn't aware because I was taking care of so many other things. And that's why I say I don't want to be an apologist for anybody in Activision because this shit's unforgivable. And if the Loot Brothers had said something horrific on their show and it was, you know, some somewhat unforgivable, I if somebody said, hey, Tricky, you got to shut down Proving Gamer or you got to step down, let somebody else take over, whatnot, I have no choice. Even though I really didn't have a part in the action, you know, they, you know, heads got to roll, and that that's my case. So when we talk about stuff like this, it's like, I don't want to be the apologist, but how much did he really know? I mean, just because somebody said he knew about this doesn't mean he really knew about this, and he still has to take the fall. And this goes into the whole cancer culture shit, like, oh, somebody did this 10 years ago, they need to be canceled. It's 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 so hard to talk about stuff like this, but I fully agree he has to go, whether he knew about it or not. He has to go, and unfortunately, that's the way society is. You guys want to respond to that? I I don't doubt that he. I I don't. Based on everything I've read, I mean, was I there behind closed door meetings? No, but I don't. I. I don't think there's any way he didn't know. From everything we've read, it seems like he knew, and I trust that. I trust the sources that have said he knew, and just judging by the culture at that company and how bad it's gotten, you're telling me that you don't... There's no chance that the management didn't know about this shit. Alright, and you're done with this, right? I'm done with this. Alright, let's move on. Uh, now we have another Activision story as a uh, topic of the week, but this one is uh, more gaming related, more than behind the scenes stuff. Uh, this article is coming from IGN, written by Matt Kim. It's called "Call of Duty Cheaters Could Be Banned from All Entries, Past, Present, and Future." Uh, Call of Duty is ramping up its anti-cheat effort in a big way with its kernel-level anti-cheat ricochet in December, and is updating its permanent ban policy to include all Call of Duty games, past and future. That's right, if you earn a permanent suspension now, you may be barred from playing future games in the series. In a new Call of Duty blog post, the new rec- the Ricochet Anti-Cheat team announces getting ready to deliver alongside with uh, Call of Duty Warzone Pacific Update in December. As part of the policy, the team announced that permanent suspensions will be more severe. Quote, permanent suspensions for security infractions may now apply franchise-wide, including Call of Duty Vanguard, as well as past, present, and future titles in the Call of Duty franchise. The Ricochet team could issue a permanent suspension for, quote, extreme or repeated violations of the security policy, end quote, as well as, quote, any attempt to hide, disguise, or your identity or the identity of your hardware devices, end quote. Cheating in the popular Call of Duty Warzone Battle Royale game has been a serious problem, and Activision has taken a page from Riot's book by introducing a kernel-level defense. Despite some potential security concerns, the anti-cheat like Riot's Vanguard has proven effective and popular. 
Activision looks to prevent serious offenders from even to attempt to cheat with this new policy, especially since it could prevent a cheater from playing any Call of Duty game past or present. So I I offer this question to you, and I'm going to go to you, Yield, first. Is this a little too severe, or are cheaters getting what they damn deserve? No. Ban them. Drop the ban hammer. So you're perfectly fine them never playing a Call of Duty game ever again? Sure. Well, one, I don't care for Call of Duty anyway. I, but re- no, replace I mean, Call of I mean, Duty with any it, popular game. If, if, if you're going to cheat, then yeah, ban them. Don't cheat. All right. Alex? Because really all you're doing is ruining the online experience for somebody else. So, don't, so, if, so if you're going to cheat, then there's a consequence. Your consequence is you don't ever get to play that series of game ever again. I'm okay with it. Is it extreme? Absolutely. But, okay. All right, Alex? It's extreme. And I think maybe too extreme, because we all know those cases in video games where people get banned for cheating, and they didn't really do anything. It was like a mistake. And, you know, people have to appeal and you go through this entire process to be able to play the game again when they didn't cheat. Those may be smaller instances, but unless you can prove with 100% certainty that everyone who's getting banned for life is cheating, I don't know. I don't think you should ban people from the entire series. Um, I think that, you know, um, banning them from that game, sure. Banning them for a certain, a long amount of time, sure. But, you know, banning them forever, I, I, I mean, I think that's extreme. You know, maybe someone, um, maybe, maybe, you know, banning somebody once from a certain game, say they get banned from Vanguard, and they're like, man, I really like Call of Duty, I don't really want to do that again, so I'm just going to go and I'm going to play like everybody else, and I'm going to, you know, contribute positively to the online experience. So, I think banning them from every single Call of Duty going forward is a big strain. It's too much for me. See, and I'm okay with banning them permanently, but as Alex pointed out, there's got you got to be a hundred percent certain that this person was cheating. And there was a story that I didn't leak in the agenda, but somebody started playing Vanguard the day it released, and because of connection issues. They were dropping out of the games, and after the fourth time of them getting disconnected from the server, they were banned from the game for 72 hours. And when the person reached out, they said because they constantly were disconnected from the games, so their anti-cheat set up the fact that, uh, well, listen, if you're disconnected from games to avoid taking a loss, we're going to ban you for 72 hours. Now, I, would that have ended up in a permanent ban? Probably not, but Obviously, their system is not working correctly. That if you're, if I'm being disconnected from your server and you think I'm disconnecting, there's a problem. I mean, it's I I don't know if not working correctly is the right way to put it. Maybe foolproof is a better way because you can't always be a hundred percent accurate with this kind of. And and a permanent ban I think is a little too extreme because if you get like some sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old kid who's immature and, you know, it's like, oh, I'm just going to cheat the Call of Duty because it's fun. Ha 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 ha. And then, you know, 10, 20 years down the road, he's like, you know what? I, I really sucks. I can't play Call of Duty anymore because of a stupid mistake I made as a teenager. Yeah, that's. Well, you shouldn't have made, you shouldn't have made that mistake. But you'll, I'm sure you made some kind of mistake 20, 30 years ago that you wouldn't make today. And, you know, you wouldn't want to be still penalized for that same mistake. Oh, it is what it is, man. It's the world we live in now. I don't know. I, th- I think this is a little extreme, but I do like the fact that they're stepping up because 
cheating in Warzone ha- is very, very, uh, it's bad. I watch, I watch people play Warzone, uh, with, you know, my favorite streamers like Tim the Tatman and Nick Merckx. Um, I watch them play and you can see how badly people are cheating. And, you know, if, if I, like, I, I'm big into the Division 2, but I don't do much of the PvP stuff. But if I was heavy into the Dark Zone and whatnot, and people were cheating, it's enough to turn me off the game. Because I'm not going to go into the Dark Zone anymore if people are cheating. Yeah, I mean, they you have a right to protect your IP, and that includes, that extends to the online experience. Because, again, shitty people can chase off your online community, and people don't want to play anymore, and that ruins your game experience. From that side, Activision has, you know, they should protect their game, and then they should protect it for themselves, also for the um, the the people who who buy the game, or you know if it's a free to play game, like spend money on the game, and you know people who just enjoy playing the game, so they need to protect it from both sides. I just I think that banning somebody from all future games is a little too much. All right, uh, we do not, I believe, have any listener questions because I posted way too late. Uh, so with that being said, let's close out the show. I didn't do any ads this week because I was trying to update the ads. I didn't get them done, and I want to start uh post five hundred right. So we got no ads this week. But yield, I can't let you go an episode without hearing it. Time to check my social media. I had to get it in there. Uh, let's close out the show with some shoutouts. I'll start first. Give a shout out to the listeners, the fans, the fuel to the fire that is Trophy Horse. Thank you all uh, for joining us with for episode 501, just as you joined us for episode 500. Or, you know, hey, if this is your first episode, thanks for finding Trophy Horse. Thanks for listening to us. Thank you for making it to the end of the show so you can hear me ramble on a little more. Uh, like I said, we would have never made it to 501 episodes without you guys. So thank you very much uh, to everyone who listens to the show or supports in their own particular way. Thank you all for supporting our community and doing whatever you can to spread the word of Trophy Horse. Give a shout-out to Tricky and to Yield for recording tonight. Uh, a shout-out to Levi. Um, couldn't be here with us, but hopefully you can get Levi on uh, again another episode. Uh, big shout-out to Sid for coming back and doing tro- Sophie's Trophies again. Can't wait for that, because I know we all enjoyed, and Daryl even posted in the Facebook group that he particularly enjoyed Sophie, uh, Sid's Sophie's Trophies from episode 500. So uh, it was fantastic. Glad to have Sid back on board. And, and you know, not just because, you know, we, we want to make it as easy on ourselves as possible and keep his name in the intro so we don't have to change all that much. But uh, good to have Sid back. Uh, shout out to Tricky for actually following through. Uh, second shout out to Tricky in this. Uh, for following through and actually playing out in the wake. Hopefully he actually will make it to the end of the game. Tricky, are you going to make it to the end of the game? I just finished the first act. You got six You got six total, five to go. According to the walkthrough, there's only three of them. No. Okay. There's six total. Okay. I, I believe you. I'm just saying according to the walkthrough. And then uh, a, a twerp you to uh, Rockstar Games. Uh-oh. I mean, okay. I mean, even bigger twerp you to Activision Blizzard, but I, I think that we already got that impression by uh, what I said earlier. But a twerp you to Rockstar Games, uh, different category of twerp you, to be honest. But yeah. Uh, don't be so fucking lazy with your, your your remasters, with your collection releases, your definitive edition. Put some fucking effort into it because you sell enough, you make enough money off of Grand Theft Auto to do that. And then give a shout out to uh, my. Uh, end it on a positive note. Uh, give a shout out to my lovely and awesome girlfriend Ashley. 
I love you, honey. And uh, thank you for loving me, even though I'm a ranty little fuck. But uh, yeah, that's going to be the, my shout you? Huh? No. I said, who you? No. Oh, I yeah. love to rant. I'll rant while dying on a hill. Okay. Uh, I, I want to make a question because when I looked at the walkthrough, it only said three, but it didn't list the uh, four, five, and six. So you're, yes, you're right. There's six, there's six episodes. Oh, uh, we got five more to go. Uh, yield your shout out, sir. So, um, I hope everybody enjoys our Thanksgiving time off. As you will be hearing this, it will be right before Thanksgiving. So I know I'll be stuffing my face and watching some football and playing some video games. Uh, r- real quick, um, guys, while Yield brings that up, favorite Thanksgiving food? Do do we got a favorite Thanksgiving food? Uh, dressing and scallop corn. Is dressing, okay, so you called it dressing instead of stuffing. Is that a northern thing? I mean, I mean, it's one and the same to me. I mean, it, it doesn't bother me as much as like pop and cola. But, I mean, I call it dressing. Some people call it stuffing, and, and I'm okay with that. I consider it the same. And it's not pop, it's soda. Just no, it's pop. No, it's, it's soda. Dude, you're farther north than I am, and it's pop. Nah. All right. Tricky, you got a favorite food for Thanksgiving? <sighs> I'm a big mac and cheese guy. Yeah, that, that's good. That's that, That's I guess you can count that, but it's really not. I mean, it's not, yeah, it's not Thanksgiving food, but my my mother always it is, makes... dude. It is. I've seen it on Thanksgiving menus. We're gonna have it for Thanksgiving. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I I have too. That's why I totally didn't bash it. But I'm like, that's, but that's fine. If that's your thing, that's your thing. I'm not gonna knock it uh, overly. Okay, uh, are you done with your shoutouts? No, no, no. I interrupted. but no. I, was, I was gonna. He interrupted. I I apologize. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, um, I really like me some Brussels sprouts for Thanksgiving. Really like pumpkin pie. It's really the only time of year when I actually crave pumpkin pie. But I guess the centerpiece, the turkey or the uh, the turkey or the ham. That's that's the go to for me. I gotta have that. That's my favorite part. Sorry, yield. Uh, unless actually, unless there's broccoli casserole, because then broccoli casserole is my favorite part. But uh, yeah, okay, yield, sir. I I took over. I took over the spotlight. Go ahead. No, no, that, that's fine. Um, shout out to Tricky and Alex for recording tonight. Shout out to all of you. The pimps and the mountains of the Hordom for downloading, listening, hanging out with us. And uh, shout out to the Bengals, who finally got off the losing schneid and won after a bye week in many, many years. So, hey, six wins this year. That's it. Uh, before I do my shout outs, I forgot to bring up a, a topic with you, gentlemen. Um, the Game Award nominees were announced. Oh, I saw God. Cyberpunk is up for RPG of the Year, which is laughable. Okay, we're gonna go into uh, and I saw Deathloop got like whole shit ton of nominations. Okay, we're we're gonna go further into the Game Awards uh, with probably next week, uh, which is always a fun time. I, I I hope we glaze over this. I really do. But I I thought it would, I thought it'd be interesting to mention the nominees for Game of the Year this year, which which, that, my which, are, which are a joke. Uh, the nominees for Game of the Year are Resident Evil Village, It Takes Two, Psychonauts 2, Metroid Dread, Deathloop, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. All I have to say is, now I'm not saying any of those games aren't deserving, but what I have to say is, is, wow, we really didn't get any games this year. That's pretty much what I was going to say. Uh, I just wanted to get your initial thoughts, not, you know, who you think is going to win or anything like that, but just initial thoughts, Yield, you kind of put it out there already. Alex, what do you think about the nominees? Well, 
Wait, wait, wait. I'm, I, I'm not done. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Good. No, no, no. So, um, we did you look? Did you kind of glaze over everything? Because I kind of glazed over it all. I, I did. And I got. I did. Not. I got to the end, and there was the most useless, absolutely retarded, crappy. <laughs> Thank you for censoring yourself. Uh, top or uh, category that I have ever seen for an award show, and that topic is most anticipated game. I, you know, I don't have a problem with that category as much. I I do because what what did we talk about? We just talked about games getting delayed, right? Right. So now we're going to have an award at a game ceremony for games that aren't even out yet. What game are you most anticipated for, man? You know, honestly, I don't care. All right. So Agno- acknowledge the stuff that came out this year and do that. Who cares? Next year, let them games speak for themselves. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it just, it's, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's dumb. The, since you brought it up, I, 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 I just want to make a point here. Uh, the nominees for that were Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon, Forbidden West, Starfield. But this is what I want to bring up: is the fact that the most anticipated Breath of the Wild two. Well, that's the thing. It doesn't even say Breath of the Wild two. It says the sequel to the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. So a game that doesn't even have an official title is a nominee. Now we all assume it's going to be Breath of the Wild two, but you know, who knows? But you you put a nominee and you have to say the sequel to this game because we don't have an official title to it yet. Uh, but yeah, we'll go over this, Alex. What do you think? Uh, just I I not like a prediction or anything, but what do you think about you know the fact that. These are our nominees for Game of the Year this year. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it as harshly as Yield did, but I, I mean, I played Psychonauts, I played Ratchet and Clank, both really good games. I think that the nominees for last year were stronger because I do think that something like Ghost of Tsushima is better than all of those games, and it didn't even win last year. Um, so I do think the nominees are not as strong this year, but that being said, I, I think that they're still really good games. I think they're great games. Um, just maybe kind of uh, a year in games where the contenders weren't as, like, noteworthy as in the past. Um, but, I mean, like, Ratchet & Clank, Ratchet & Clank is a fantastic game, so it's nice to see Ratchet & Clank finally get some love. And also, to be, and to be honest, I don't know, I'm going to say, I, I probably said it, I've said it before, but I don't think Last of Us Part Two deserved to win last year. Uh, I think a lot of that has to go You with, take that back, sir. What? You take that. No, back. it didn't deserve to beat Ghost of Tsushima. It absolutely did not. And I uh, think that a lot of that is I, because I people, the view of, of of Naughty Dog and the place they hold in the video game industry, and just how people view The Last of Us, and just I don't know. I think that I don't want to say like favoritism, but I don't really know how to put it. But I think that the less deserving game won last year uh, to come from Sony. So, um, but yo, know, you can't even say that because you haven't played The Last of Us Part Two yet. That's fine. I I still say Ghost. Of but Shishima, as, yes, but... as a game, Ghost of Shima is a better game, and that's what we're categorizing here. We're not like what's the best game slash makes you feel like you're at the cinema. It's not. I mean, Ghost of Shima is beautiful, but when it comes to like story and cutscenes, yes, Naughty Dog's games are generally head and shoulders above everybody else. But the complete package, it's Ghost of Shima. So I, I, The Last of Us Part Two was not the best game. Okay, last year, it's not the best game. Um. But yeah, I, I mean, 
So I think they're good choices. I just think that, as Yield said, and I'll put it a little less harshly, there's not as many big noteworthy games as we may have had last year. All right. Uh, and I think this is a, a, a weak year. Uh, I think the pandemic really hit this, and I think if we could have gotten some of the other games out there, this could have been a little stronger. Uh, to me, this kind of feels like the... the I, uh, How do I want to phrase this? The leftover games category? I mean, that's <laughs> appropriate coming Thanksgiving, but I know I think that Ratchet and Clank, like, when you look at that Sony and PlayStation's, like, if you're going to tier their games and their franchises, I think that there are certain tiers, like, Uncharted and God of War and I would say Horizon falls in that now too of just like a tier list of these games fall into this tier and that's the highest tier and then Ratchet and Clank is kind of like one below those. Yeah, and I want to be clear. I'm not trying to say like any of these are bad games. I'm just thinking if if you put these games up against the games that we were supposed to get that got delayed I I think maybe one or two of these actually would have been part of Game of the Year. Yeah, I mean, you look at, I mean, last year, I mean, we mentioned Last of Us Part Two and, and Ghost of Shima, but you also had Animal Crossing, and um, I think you also had Hades in there, so, I mean, I do think a stronger field last year, still, still some really good games in the mix, and whoever wins this will be deserving, unless it's, uh, unless it has anything to do with Cyberpunk, because CD Projekt Red doesn't deserve anything like that, but um, I, when you look at it, though, you know, you can say it's a down year, but also... I played a ton of games this year, and I got excited for a ton of games. So we still had a really good year of games this year, um, even if you don't think the headliners were as strong as they could have been. All right, uh, so let's get back to the shouts and close out the show. Want to give a shout out to Alex and Yield. Uh, I I know I said this last week, but thank you very much. I mean, we couldn't have gotten five hundred episodes without either of you two gentlemen. So thank you very much. Uh, thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to everybody. Uh, shout out to Sweet Mama D. Shout out to the Rangers who kicked ass tonight and are in first place in their division. So suck at all you guys that says the Rangers suck because they're actually improving. Uh, and shout out to everybody. Thank you very much. And until next week, happy trophy hunting. Later. See ya. song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash Even Philippines.